Welcome to Adventures with My 40s. I'm Courtney Novak, a 41-year-old woman trying to figure out how to thrive during this decade of life. You can find the show notes at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. And here's the show. Hello, adventurers. Welcome to episode three. And it is time to talk about perimenopause. To be honest, I thought I would be talking about this, you know, a little later in the show. Like in the episode 20s or 30s, you know, I would get some time to like, you know, just practice with this podcast and get comfortable with like what topics I was going to cover and, you know, start off with maybe let's talk about the aches and pains in our body of growing up, uh, growing up, <laughs> you, know, you can tell I'm a mom with young kids and it's after eight o'clock, so I'm exhausted, but what are you going to do? Um, you know, I thought I was going to be covering some easier topics to get my um, my feet wet, so to speak. But you know what? It's day 41 of my menstrual cycle. I haven't had a cycle like this since I was an adolescent. So I'm thinking I might actually be starting perimenopause right smack in the middle of this pandemic. Awesome. Um, yeah, my period is super overdue. Uh, day 41 is not normal for me. Uh, I... I keep track of my period. I've been, my mom taught me to do this back when I was like 12 and got my first period. And um, I've, I, I haven't always done it and I haven't kept all the journals where I kept track of it, but I do have my recent information. So in 2019, now, so my cycle has been irregular. Irreg it's actually never been regular. Uh, I was never one of those women who was like, yeah, I'm getting my period today. It was like, well, I might get my period today or I might get it in three days. And it, it was a range. Um, before I had kids, it tended to be in the 30s. Um, like, oh, it might be a 30-day cycle or it might be a 33-day cycle or even 35. And then after I've had kids in my later 30s, it was a shorter cycle. And I've read recently that we actually have these shorter cycles as we get older because it's our body's way of like kind of like getting in as many last chances to get pregnant before fertility ends. So, you know, if you're having like 25 day cycles, you're just going to have like one or two extra shots a year to get pregnant. So there you go. Don't say I never taught you anything. But so my cycles have always been irregular, but they've been short. Like I said, so 2019, I had, I, here, I'm just going to track off the numbers for you. 27 days, 28, 26 days, 28, 28, 28. Okay, so there, look, oh my God, I almost was regular. I was regular for three months. And then back down to 26 and 25, back up to 31, down to 28, 30, 24, 29. And those were all my cycles for 2019. Okay, so the longest cycle there is 31 days. I'm on 41 days. Okay, so 2020, the beginning of this year, it was a 30-day cycle, then a 23-day cycle, and a 31, a 31, a 26, 27, and now here I am on day 41 of my menstrual cycle. So I should be crawling out of my skin with PMS, but I'm on Zoloft, and the Zoloft is doing amazing things, and I feel great, and it's, it's, it just keeps kicking in more and more. I think I've been on it. It's two weeks now. And it's just, I 
I feel like myself. I have, I'm not anxiety free, but when I feel my anxiety kicking in, I can do, use all my techniques to talk myself through it and calm down like in a minute, as opposed to having almost a day long panic attack. So I'm doing great. I'm now thinking, now that I'm on day 40 frickin' one of my cycle, that when I was feeling all of this anxiety and agitation that my my assumption was, oh, this is pandemic-induced anxiety. And I definitely think the pandemic was part of it. But now I'm thinking, oh, and also add in the fact that I have some crazy hormones going on. I've never missed a period for stress. Of course, I've never lived through the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, this is... This is crazy stress. I mean, 9-11 was scary and stressful, but I was younger, so I didn't have kids. I didn't have that sort of perspective. I was in law school. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it happened. And there was the stress of, like, we didn't know. Like, it felt for a while, remember, like, there's going to be, it, there was this feeling like there'd be a lot of terrorist attacks. And, there, you know, they used to do the terrorist threat levels. You'd always hear about if it's on orange or red or yellow or what. And you don't really hear about that anymore. So, but this has just been, you know, and, and on top of, but that was like stress. But you you kept going about your normal life and you kept seeing friends and you kept, you know, everything, you had all of your like regular life continuing for most of us. I know like some people were in Manhattan and people who had, who lost loved ones, it was different. But for me, you know, in Los Angeles, going to law school, there was like a week disruption and then regular life was pretty normal and there was this big I, you know I look back and I can see that I was depressed during that whole era for a few months but it wasn't like this where we're isolated and we're at home and we are just dealing with constant uncertainty and we were told the kids are going back to school for PIPA on a hybrid model and now we're being told oh just kidding it's probably distance learning like literally the board of um, like education trustees is meeting right now to decide on that. And it's, it's going to be distance learning, which I accept, but it's hard to keep explaining this to my seven-year-old daughter because she wants to know. And, and, and she's just a little flabbergasted. And I'm like, I'm sorry, sweetie, this just hasn't happened. It's been over a hundred years since people have dealt with something like this. So yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just literally skipping a period because there's, so I'm stressed the pandemic and it's just fucking with my hormones and maybe I'll get my next period and then I won't miss a period again for like three years. I don't know, but I am 41 and say so I'm 41 and I'm day 41 of my cycle. Anyway, and my mom, I'm a little nerdy about when things, numbers like that line up. And when my mom was 41, I recently learned she missed her period for nine months. So my mom definitely was in full perimenopause when she was 41 and she would so they learning the terminology is interesting because people will talk about menopause as the thing that lasts for years and years and technically menopause is actually just that one day which is the one year anniversary from the last time you bled and it's sort of medically accepted that if you make it a year that means you're done your period's over. And perimenopause is everything building up to that menopause, that one day. 
But my mom, so my mom technically hit that one at your anniversary, she said a couple of times. And then a few days later. And she would think, oh my god, I made it. I'm done. It's over. That wasn't so bad. And then a few days later, she'd <laughs> bleed and it'd start all over again. <laughs> Reset the clock. So that's exciting. Um, so I, is this perimenopause? You know, question mark. I don't know. Um, I know I'm not pregnant. Um, side note, you know, I didn't think I was going to be talking about perimenopause so early in the show on, th on the third episode. I also didn't think I'd be talking about my vagina. But, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, here we go. So I had some vaginal irritation last week and it's getting better. And... I thought it, at first I was like, well, when it started, I was like, well, maybe this is just like hormones because I haven't got my period. And as soon as I get my period, it's going to just go away. And, and I haven't had anything, um, any sort of like, I used to get yeast infections a few, two or three times a year before I had kids and, you know, bladder infections. And I haven't had anything like that. Um, since I had kids, I remember at some point in the year after I had Pippa, I got a fungal infection, which I did not even know was possible. It's like, I, 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 still, I don't even know how it happened. And, but since then it's been like six years of nothing. So it's a little like, I was just a little like, what, what's going on? So I, but it kept going and, and kind of, and it would get better. So I wouldn't call my doctor and then it would get worse and then it would get better. And then it was worse. So finally today's, um, Thursday, as I record this July 16th and on Monday, I finally it was morning. I was like, enough is enough. So I called my gynecologist and he saw me the next day and he, my doctor saw some irritation, he said, and, um, was able to see under his microscope, some bacteria. So he's prescribed a gel and I've only taken it for two of the five nights and I, I do feel better. And he thought it would take care of it. He sent it off the labs. Um, but since I was there, I was like, well, you know, it is day 41. So could you just make sure I'm not pregnant. I shouldn't be. My husband had a vasectomy after we had our second. So, and he's had it tested. Like you have to go in every year once you get the vasectomy to check because they, they, the, the sperm can get through. Like they can, he's explained it to me. I don't know all the terms. Like they basically, like they, they cut off the sperm's path and they can build a new path sometimes. So they check it every year to make sure that there's no like live sperm getting through. And so, and he's had it checked and it's been less than a year and he, he was given the clear. So, you know, I, I knew like when I was at the doctor's office, I'm like, it's, I, I told him, I'm like, well, he had, my husband had his vasectomy, so maybe you don't have to test. And my, the doctor goes, well, it only takes one. And I'm like, holy shit, not cool. So they tested it and I'm not pregnant. So, and I didn't think I was, you know, God, that'd be, well, that would be an adventure I'm not expecting. But anyway, so I'm not pregnant. I'm on day 41. I'm wondering if this is perimenopause. And I, my doctor was, you could tell he was having one of those days. I bet he had a patient who was in labor. Um, but he told me, he's like, okay, call me on like day 50 because you can come in and we can jumpstart your period. And I was like, well, I'm actually feeling fine because I'm on Zoloft and I don't, I'm not feeling, because he thought I'd be feeling edgy and would need like a release. And I was like, no, I'm feeling fine. So he's like, okay, well, you know, don't, don't wait like nine months. Like 
you know, call me in like, if it's been five months. And to be honest, I don't even know what the hell it means to jumpstart your period. And I didn't have the opportunity to ask him. I'm not going to have him jumpstart my period. I'm just having a vision of a car that has um, stalled out and you keep like turning the keys and the engine keeps kind of like, and you can't quite get it. So that's like the automobile club coming in and jump starting my uterus or my ovaries. I don't know. I, I literally have no idea if it's like an over the counter pill or if it's like you go in the office and they do something. So I'm going to have to read up on that. I, I do have to read up on, um, perimenopause and menopause. And to that effect, I'm reading right now. You can hear it. There, that was the sound of the book I'm reading. It is called The Wisdom of Menopause by uh, Dr. Christiane Northrup. I love Dr. Northrup. She is a gynecologist, obstetrician, who has had has written a lot of books. And I've read several of her books. And I should have written down the titles of the books I've read before. Um, oh, the first one I ever read would have been Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, which has been... It's been years since I read. And I also read her most recent book. And I've read also, for some reason, I read Goddesses Never Age. And I think that's actually targeted at women who are over 50 and past menopause, but I was interested in it. I don't know why I read that before I read this book. So anyway, I'm reading now The Wisdom of Menopause. And the subtitle is Creating Physical and Emotional Health During the Change. Um, This is a beefy book. It is, um, let me see, the epilogue ends on page 636, and then there is almost, uh, no, wait, more, yeah, yeah, there's over another 100 pages of resources and index, so, you know, I'll check back with you, like, after Labor Day when I finish this, that's actually really ambitious. Halloween. But I do really want to read it. I do want to know these things. Um, so Dr. Northrup's very, um, so she's, you know, a, a United States doctor and went to U.S. medical schools. So she has Western medicine, but she also has a lot of Eastern medicine. Um, so she'll talk about like acupuncture. And she's also very much into the mind, body, spirit connection and um, talking about how a certain symptom or sickness is tied to one's emotions or um, spiritual issues. And when I was first started reading Dr. Northrup, and this was probably like seven or eight years ago, I was very put off. I was like, this is weird. And now I'm really all in. I'm at this point where I, I just sort of read her. I mean, there's so much that I've highlighted and I, I really, I'm, I'm really enjoying, I've only read like not even 50 pages of this and it feels a lot like it's, it's just giving me a lot of ideas. It's like really juicing me up for like the next, for this decade and for this adventure. Um, and she talks a lot about how menopause and she, she talks about menopause in the way that it's traditionally talked about as like the journey to the point where you're not menstruating anymore. So she talks about it as like, it's 
it's like your hormones are giving you an opportunity to see what issues you need to work on in your life. How I'm so I hope that's not too noisy as I turn the pages. How your like basically before you go to menopause when you're still cyclical and you're having like like an average 28 day cycle you get this PMS at the end of the cycle and it's the PMS is almost like a magnifying glass for issues in your life but as women in the United States and in other parts of the world we're conditioned to believe that no our hormones are just making us crazy but if you stop and think about it a lot of the time you're just sort of blowing up like a pressure cooker, like just exploding over something that is sort of an annoyance during the rest of the month when your estrogen levels make you really accommodating. And then when you're suddenly not so accommodating, you're like, oh my gosh, like enough is enough. Like someone take the fucking dirty socks off the floor. And it can seem like an explosion out of nowhere, but it's actually like it's sort of like a thin, she describes it as a thinning of the veil between the subconscious and the conscious. And when your hormones are in that PMS place or in that place you go when you're in perimenopause, on your way to menopause, your hormones, it might seem like you're going crazy, but you're also getting this opportunity to see what issues you need to work on in order to like become who you are um, or who like, who you could be. Um, so, okay, here's a, I'm going to just quote a few passages that, that I've read that really resonated with me. It may not feel like a rescue at the time, but the clarity of vision and increasing intolerance for injustice, inequity, and lack of fulfillment that accompany the perimenopausal changes are a gift. Our hormones are giving us an opportunity to see once and for all what we need to change in order to live honestly, fully, joyfully, and healthfully in the second half of our lives. This is the time when many women stop doing what I call stuffing, stifling their own needs in order to tend to everybody else's. Oh my goodness. Okay, so first off, she calls the perimenopause ch changes a gift, and I just love that because I don't want to dread perimenopause uh, where I am, so I guess I can't really dread it, but I don't want to dread it. I don't want it to look at it negatively. And I do think words are really powerful and can really set the tone for feelings. And so if I'm thinking of these changes as a gift, as like an opportunity, that creates like, I think a better mindset than if I'm thinking of it as like a burden or a curse or, you know, a problem. It's, I like that. And I love how she's talking about it, you know, to live honestly, fully, joyfully and healthfully. And it, it's sort of like the agitation that I might get in perimenopause is like a roadmap for what I need to do in order to be healthy. And then she hits on how women, we stifle our own needs in order to attend to everybody else's. And she talks a great length in the beginning of the book. I mean, before she dives into this is not purely just like, let's talk about our feelings book. I mean, it's over 600 pages. I mean, some of the chapters are food and supplements to support the change. And um, let's see, hormone therapy and individual choice and creating pelvic health and power. And um, let's see, standing tall for life, building healthy bones. So there's a lot of like chapters. Most of this is actually about 
like the health and what to do in order to sleep and to have like you know cardiovascular health and like what supplements you should take and what foods you should eat and i'm looking forward to learning all that but i really like that she starts off with talking about like the emotional journey and the the um the opportunities for personal growth um so that i really enjoyed oh my gosh i i, I turned down so many pages um she talks about the coming of my hot flashes had signaled another stage in my own midlife reevaluation, a commitment to setting healthier boundaries, to taking better care of myself, to speaking the truth. Yeah, this really is like a transition age. Like it's the second half of life. And I still have young kids, four and seven. But at the end of this decade, they'll be like, gosh, so I'm 41. <laughs> Look at the map. 13 and 16. Much more independent, not really wanting me in their business all the time. I mean, I remember when I was 13, I would come home from school and I'd close the door to my bedroom and do homework and turn on music and talk to the phone on the phone with my friends. And then in high school, I had all these extracurricular activities. So it's a good thing that I'll be moving, that my kids will be there and I'll be looking to take more care of myself. And you know, it's good to be thinking about that now so that my kids aren't suddenly not needing me and I'm sort of bereft and left wondering what the hell do I do with myself. Um, okay, I want to talk about, here's another quote. Regardless of where you currently stand in your menstrual or perimenopausal transition, chances are you've inherited a few beliefs about your cycle that boil down to a variation of the following. The issues that arrive premenstrually have nothing to do with my actual life. They are strictly hormonal. My hormones exist in a universe that is completely separate from the rest of my life. Yep, that's me. I have definitely spent basically my entire life assuming that when I'm premenstrual, I'm a crazy bitch. And my hormones are just operating separately from me, making me into this person I'm not. Um, but then Dr. A couple of paragraphs later, Dr. Northrop writes... PMS and the escalation of symptoms that is so common during perimenopause are really our inner guidance systems trying to get us to pay attention to the adjustments we need to make in our lives, adjustments that become particularly urgent during perimenopause. And another amen. Like, the things that I get pissed off about at PMS, like the kids not cleaning up their messes. These are things that irritate me pretty much all month. But then I sort of, like, just, it just... It all comes out at once when I'm P when I'm PMSing, and when I really pay attention to it and talk about, you know, I was talking about it with my therapist, and she was agreeing that I was like, you know, I don't think the thing, the issues I have when I have PMS, are just like figments of my imagination. She's like, yes, yes, but then I sort of backed off because I just wasn't ready to dive in to that work. But and I've just been told all my life, like, there's just like this cultural belief that you know women just go batshit crazy. And I think, no, it's just that we, our hormones during these fertile years sort of soothe us into submission because biologically, like, you know, you go back to cavemen, we, we had to stick around to take care of those babies. But now I'm a woman in my forties. And as this decade continues, my kids are going to get older and they're not going to need me as much. And it's really my job to teach them how to be independent, how to put their cups in the sink and how to wipe down a table. And so instead of looking at the like the, the the agitation I get at PMS or now perimenopause big question mark 
look at it as like an opportunity as a way to like as a new compass to direct me I could just keep like quoting this book to you all night and till tomorrow morning so um, I'm just gonna put it away now rather than just spend a whole episode reading a book to you because yeah I don't know if I'm gonna get my period like literally as soon as I hit the end record button to this episode or in seven months and seven months by the way like it's July so seven months from now is after Christmas that's freaky um but Zoloff is working so I'm not I'm not really worried I'm just gonna keep reading this book the wisdom of menopause and um I don't know if she's going to talk about jump-starting your period. I'm going to do my research before. And, and again, I might just get my period next week, and this is all moot. Um, but it's, you know, it's really been a reality check. Like, yes, I am in my 40s. Yes, like, I am probably in perimenopause. And rather than having, like, this sort of idea in the back of my head, oh, yeah, I should learn about perimenopause, it's like, no, this is happening. I have to learn about it. You know, when I had PPD, postpartum depression, I just read and read and read until I basically knew, I knew more about it than my own psychiatrist. And now I'm going to read and read and read about this because I, you know, I want to do this intentionally and consciously. And I, I, I want to just, I want to be informed and do the things that are really um best for me and my wellness i you know i read this great quote about um how we are limited by what we don't know and um it was in a book about writing so it's completely different from this subject but if you don't know about things like perimenopause you're limited in how well you can handle the experience. So I think knowledge is power and I'm a book person so I'll be reading lots of books and I'll sh keep sharing with you what I learned and I, you know, I'm not gonna talk about perimenopause every week because that would get old but I thought since it's day 41 I will I think what I'm gonna do on future episodes is just tell you what day it is. Now, I'm not necessarily gonna be like it's day you know 48 and now let's spend a half hour talking about perimenopause, but I'll be like, it's day 48 and still wondering what's going to happen and then go into a different subject because there's so many other things I want to cover. But you know what? It's 8.30 p.m. here and I'm a little sleepy and my voice is tired. So I think we'll wrap this up. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Adventures with My 40s. You can reach me through my website, CourtneyHenningNovak.com, or on Instagram at Courtney.Novak. If you're enjoying the show, subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. Have a great and wonderful week.